Hi and welcome to episode 230 of the Mighty Whites podcast, where you can have a debate over whether we're a twat, but you better not call us a Tory. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. How we doing? Yeah, pretty good. Knackered, but other than that good. Yourself? Warm. Yeah, warm is fair. Um, that it's seems hot. to be a lot of people's answer these last couple of days. It's hot and my car is covered in Saharan dust. Look, I don't know what the coal cocaine round where you live. <laughs> <laughs> nah, mate, that is Colombian. Oh, if it's Colombian, then I believe as a Leeds fan right now, I have to hate it on yeah. principle. It's not the way uh, the heroin behaved. It, it's kind of the, the, the threat. Sorry, I went to heroin there. It's yeah. really escalated as this, but um, yeah. We'll get, we'll get on to Colombians. Yeah. Not Colombian. Not, not Jan Pavedo, though, because he uh because he's fine. And also I'm I'm, I'm for, for the purposes of this, we're considering him English. Uh <laughs> yeah. so we will really briefly touch on the game last weekend because truth be told, we just haven't had time to get a podcast in this week. Work and everything has been a pain in the ass. Um so yeah, we drew nil nil with Jeff Wednesday. It was not a very good game. No, no, it wasn't. Um, uh, it was it was a real throwback to um, you know four or five years ago when we were really struggling to break teams down that sat deep. Yeah, we there was a load of little things like it's not like we weren't the better side because we were, but they just seemed pretty bereft of ideas other than get it out to Nanta, who was the one person consistently beating the man. Mm. Um, from what I could see from the Ipswich game on the terrible LUTV laggy streams, um, it seemed like Rutter and Piro were like really up as bordering on a two, and they would alternate who was running in behind and who was dropping in, and it made it a lot harder to mark. Whereas in this game, Piro stood at ten and Rutter was at nine, and I, I was surprised actually when I saw the stats, because Perot touched the ball about the same number of times as he did against Ipswich, but only once was it like within 25 yards of goal, and it was that bad touch he took in the box. He... It, it doesn't happen very often, where I kept legitimately forgetting he was playing. And as much as I still think he'll be a good signing, I still think he is a good signing, he's a good player, it just did not work in that game whatsoever. And I thought that the changes came way too late as well. Yeah, I was I was very surprised that we um, that we waited as long as we did. I I, I think there probably needs to be changes made around the hour mark. Um, I've just I've just checked. We only made two when they were in the eighty first and eighty eighth minutes. Yeah, um, and yeah, if you were telling me that we had to make a, a sub an hour for you know, and we wanted to make a big impact with our first sub. Uh, that changing the right back would would probably not have been my first thought. Like it, it was nice to see Spence come on, um, and I thought he had a a couple of bits of, of nice link up play on the right hand side. But um, it, it he also really... massively got us out of jail when uh, Joe Roden stepped up and we lost the ball. Yeah, yeah this quick. isn't this isn't even a knock on Ailing. It's just. Spence is rapid, and if anyone who wasn't rapid, that was probably a goal. Yeah, 
uh, which which would have been classic Leeds in that situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those where I, I suppose if you have a, a couple more options available to you in, that aren't out injured, you're probably looking to make a change a bit earlier. Um, yeah, the one I was calling for in the stand, which I didn't actually think was going to happen, was I didn't think that we needed to keep two deep midfielders for as long as we did. And I wanted us to take Gray off and put on Mateo Joseph and have someone play as a nine and sort of go 4 1 4 1. Have Ampadu sit really e- deep. Easy, Marcelo. Yeah, no, because I'm not man mark. <laughs> we don't need to man mark. But I would have just, and I'd have just had Piro and Rutter let them both drift about and do what they want, but have someone in the number nine position just to give us structure. The more I watch it, the more I think I can't believe it's still true, but I still think his best side as Patrick Bamford. Ah, like in those situations, you just you, you need someone who's just gonna. Just, I don't. I don't know. He, he he has a decent ability to 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 get into decent spaces in the penalty. Whether he will finish that chance is a is a different matter. But I do I do quite like his movement. Um. Yeah, I, you know, I, th- I think I think you, you probably mentioned it just before the start of the season, where the, the there's a very good chance that comes a point when it's Bamford and Piro basically played as a front two. Yeah, in pre-season, I might well have said it'd be him and Rutter because mm. I wouldn't have known going in. But yeah, I think right now on paper that probably is it. But God knows when Bamford will be back if he'll if he'll be back and if he'll be out like. I thought Ampadu was excellent again. Uh, for someone playing out of position, I thought Jamie Shackleton did really well at left back. He isn't. He still isn't a left back. I would still rather we had a left back, but I thought he did pretty well. It was the first game where Archie Gray looked knackered, and I'm not surprised he's been pulled out of England on the 19s. I think that's a good decision. Yeah, and and I think it's probably for the best now that we do have other actual central midfielders. In, yeah. um, because he doesn't need to be playing every week. No, and he absolutely shouldn't be. Like no, no, seventeen-year-old in in especially in a forty-six game league season, mm. none of them should be playing every game because it's just no good for them. And like we've just today lost his main backup because Jack Jenkins has gone to Scunthorpe on well. Um, <laughs> One of our other tiny central midfielders. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he'll uh, probably win the league at Scunthorpe because they've gone down to National League North where they have the biggest budget by an absolute mile. Because they've got the most fans, it's not like they've got an owner doping them. Um, but they've got a really good... They've got... They keep signing players that are like, oh, he was linked with all these, you know... He was linked with League Two clubs and then he's gone to Scunthorpe United. So they must have a bit of cash going about. Yeah. Um. Ah, good luck to him. Yeah, that was. I mentioned. I got here out of the way first because let's. He is never going to play a first team game for Leeds, so it's done. I know that. He, I think he did play a League Cup game back in the day, back because he did look quite good. Um, so, since his last podcast, there has been four outs that aren't Jack Jenkins. Uh, Less important in, than Jack Jenkins. Yeah. In order of importance in Daniel Farker's plans looking at it 
You'd say first one, Sonny Perkins, Oxford United on loan for the season. When we didn't have any players, he still didn't put him on the bench. Yeah, he was he was leaving him for the twenty ones, wasn't he? So I think yeah. he kind of said that he was probably on his way out on loan. Yeah, and he didn't use him much in pre-season. I like Sonny Perkins, but there must be that, that's one of them where it must whether it's just a not showing enough in training or whether there's something more to it, I don't know. Because I've always thought he looks a good player, but he's never since he joined us, he looked like one of the best twenty ones immediately. And someone who you thought could do a job in the first team if needed, like as a backup. And he's not kicked on from that position at all since. Yeah, I I know as well. I, th- I think he did have a tendency to kind of be in and out of games in the 21s at times. Like yeah. I, th- I, th- I think when he looks good, I think he looks really good, but it's, it's sort of maybe trying to harness it for. 70 minutes at this point and and, and maybe going out on loan and, and playing with professionals and he's and to be honest getting a little bit beaten up might do him some good yeah hopefully he's got a lot of goals yeah it would be ideal um but you know we've, we've still got joseph here as well so he'll be we have we have so many forwards. When when I went to the show Wednesday game, my dad will come on to it with one of the other players that's left. But we're going, oh, I'm surprised at them going. And then I went through all the other options in forward areas and thought, oh, I can see how, actually. Um, so second, probably in order of importance, someone who will have played his last game in the lead shirt because his contract's up at the end of the season, Cody Drama. Birmingham City on the loan for the season. He'll be really good there. He's good everywhere but in Leeds. Yeah, it, it's... It's been very hard. I mean, I, I feel sorry for him a touch in the sense of it at Leeds, it's been very stop start for him, mostly stop. Mm. Um, and then getting thrown in against Arsenal in a League Cup game and and things like that. I, you know, don't get me wrong, his, his performances this season, when given the chance, have, have not been good. No, nothing uh, like his capability. But it, it's very disappointing considering where we were in January 18 months ago, where he was really unhappy that he'd not been given his, his first team chance and was considering leaving on a permanent, not trying to move away permanently. And, um, you know, at that point, Bielsa was sort of speaking quite highly of him whilst also not using him in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Speaking highly of him as a player while also going, but he wants to leave, so fuck him. So yeah. yeah <laughs> I respect I respect him. I respect him in many ways. Um <laughs> I respect his his culture and heritage. What do you think of him as a right back? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in classic Matella Bielsa, it's it's uh the comp it's the the compliment sandwich, isn't it? You compliment either side of a of an insult. Yeah. Um, um, I am less annoyed at this than I was on the day it happened because I straight up forgot that he, because he's under 24, provided he goes somewhere in England, we'll still get a fee. But I'm just going to say now my money is on. Is it Valenciennes that Southampton own in France? Yeah, I think it's that. 
they sign him on a free in the summer, so there's no fee. And then by like January, he's moving to Southampton. Uh, the, That's Borussia Dortmund, mate. Yeah, the um, oh, who was it? The, the, the Ezekiel Flyers move, I believe it was, mm. where he went out to Belgium for like six months after leaving Scum and then went to Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing if at all, and I could see a similar thing happening with this. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that he will turn in that he will end up being a good right back who is in the Premier League, whether he's playing every week, I don't know, but he'll be in because he, he is good enough, I think it just isn't working at Leeds. Uh, one that I was surprised about, Sam Greenwood on loan to Middlesbrough for the season. I, in, I If he's going to play, it's a good move. Yeah, I, I think had we not signed two central midfielders, he probably would have stuck around. But um, I, I, again, There's nowhere in that team where I think he is even second choice. No, not you know, now. Which is you know, which is which is disappointing because the, the, there is a lot of upside to Sam Greenwood, but he, he again is is another player who who needs a year of of senior football now at this point. Yeah, I mean, is he twenty? Yeah, it. I mean. Middlesbrough's probably going to be a decent move for him. You know, I, I know they've not had the best starts of the season, but I, I still quite like what Michael Carrick has done there. Yeah, uh, um, I haven't watched the games, but by all accounts, they have been better than their points total suggests. Yeah, um, but with it, especially with it now being twenty ones, there's there's only so much that's going to do for him. And to and to be fair, he's not even been part of the twenty ones. No, you know, he, he, he's not been playing for them and not been playing for us. Yeah, and if he if he gets to play every week in the championship, he'll be a better player at the end of the season than he is now. But yeah, with it, there's four centre mids ahead of him, at least. Because, like, do you reckon Jamie Shackleton's in front of him as well? Like, there's probably five. Yeah. In the manager's current thinking. And if you want him to play as one of the front four, I think there's ten. For that front four, mm. like you can't just keep players around. Um, even if you want them to, because some of them might be a cunt and try and sue you. Luis Sinistera has gone mm. to Bournemouth on loan. Um, this will be the first mention of the square balls interview with Angus Kinnear. Yeah, I the, the he other didn't the other seem thing... very pleased with him, did he? No, it, it's very. <laughs> It's very odd how forgiving he he seemed of of Nonto and not so much of uh, Sinistera and Adams. I do think that is just the practicalities of Nonto still here, and but Sinistera oh. is technically still a Leeds player. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. At least at least Tyler Adams had the decency to fetch a fee. Yeah. Um, the Adams one, I, I, I find I find quite interesting, and, and obviously we we will. Or it might be a long time before we kind of find out what actually happened between those. Because from from outwardly, obviously, Sinistera had it, you know, had his period out of the team. Which yeah. Adams was off the back of an injury, and just and he was back in like training, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, I mean, he was. Before. 
I mean, he must have been. He, he was pictured on the glass, but I believe he trained like day one at Bournemouth, just not full contact. Yeah. Um, so, so outwardly to, to, to a fan, it, it looked as if, to, to me anyway, it certainly looked as if he was here and willing to, to get involved until a move happened. Mm. Um, Clearly, that that was not entirely the case. Yeah, um, but it sounds he, like Adams basically pulled all the same shit, but because he was injured. Yeah, you can hide. You can hide someone who is going. No, I'm. I'm done here. I'm leaving. I'm not playing. If they're injured anyway, there is no. He refused because he wasn't available. Yeah, it's. Uh, and then with Sinistera, it's, it's like you said that the odd period of. There at the start of the season, then deciding he wasn't playing, then reaching an agreement to come back and play to leave. Um, yeah. I was until this last bit, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because Farker was always clear. No, there is a legal issue with his contract, and while we're sorting that out, but and then he played against it, switch, and we were told it is sorted. Oh, by sorted, okay. I, by sorted, it seems to be, uh. As long as someone comes in and pays all your wages, yeah, the sorted wasn't as sorted as we were led to believe. Um, yeah, it seems like he just. It seems like he may have made his mind up slightly later that he was that desperate to leave, and now he's gone. He's gone. I can't see him ever playing another game for Leeds because I do think he's a good player. So I think at the end of his season, we will get the money for him. Because he's still got ages left in his contract. Um, I suppose the main thing with it is it's annoying that it happened so late in the window after he brought him back. Because talent-wise, he if he isn't his best player, he's one of them. But if he if I do, it was one thing that I agree. There's a lot of fans just say this. But I think it's probably right. If someone and Angus Kinnear said it in my interview, if someone that badly doesn't want to be there, that I don't think he actually used these words, but basically that they're gonna sue you to try and get there. If someone's willing to do that, you're probably better off just not playing, not having him and letting him go. Because for as much as Nonto acted like a prick. He d- there was nothing legal in that. It was just, I want to go, I'm having a tantrum. Well, you're not going. Well, I guess I'm playing that because I can't just sit down and do nothing all year. Whereas if they got this little bit of legal precedent that they might not have even had, knowing Leeds, they probably did. <laughs> like, I mean, seen- that, I've, again, I, I've read this book. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose if you're relatively fresh off the court decisions uh to do with uh, augustan mm. then at this point you might be thinking it's probably not worth going through this again mm. and and to be honest because the other side of it is you don't know how long that's going to last and then you're still paying someone to not play for a long period of time who's still at the club and and like you say it, it Ultimately, it does no one any good. And I do think, given everything, 
if he has to go and he has to go on loan, and I hate that, but if he does, I think getting Jaden Anthony coming the other way is probably about as well as you could have done. To be fair, like Jaden Anthony is a good footballer. Um, you never know how it's going to take at Leeds, but played a lot of football when Bournemouth got promoted, did well, played plenty from in the Premier League. He's just, yeah. he's just a good player. Yeah, and I think that's been the, the positive in this case, that there has been something coming back in, whereas obviously with everyone else leaving, it's very much been a case of, well, that's just leaving a, a bigger hole in the squad than there already was. Um, you know, this this has by no means been the the perfect transfer window, but I'd have to say I'm pretty happy with how the squad has panned out, especially given what was going on two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, when everyone was getting annoyed, um, me very much included, two three weeks ago. The message that came out was always judges at the end of the window. And while it's not perfect, it's definitely better than it was. You st- I'd, st- I'd still like a more creative type number 10, and there's still not a left back there. An actual left back. And, you know, I would have still, li- I would have still liked a n- number nine. Rather- Joe Pillow's a really good forward, but he isn't a n- nine, really. That's the lead specialty, is that? But he can he could do a job there. <coughs> Move it, just needs better movement up front. Uh, so filling in, we've already mentioned him a little bit. Jed Spence has come in at right back. We needed a right back, especially if Fark is going to play this high, wide, really attacking right back. Like Luke Ayling's had our most touches in the final third of anyone. Jed Spence is quicker. He is more skillful. He is a more technically gifted footballer from what I've seen, and he has a lot more pace to get back. If Luke Ayling is in the squad, that's fine. If Luke Ayling's playing every week, I don't think that he is quite at it anymore. Whereas if you need him for 25 minutes, so he can just tear ass about and really throw everything into it, and it doesn't matter if he exhausts himself. Flop on the floor to win free kicks. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's... Fa- like, I have not- Luke Ayling's been brilliant for Leeds, so I-, I want him around, but I think Jed Spence is an upgrade. Yeah, Um Watch him be shite now. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's mostly left-backs we, we ruin. Yeah. No, um, we just don't have them. <laughs> it's easier this way. We'll just move some people there. Just put anyone that's homegrown, play them at left-back, it'll be fine. Um, no, like you say, with, with Jed Spence, it, it's definitely an, an improvement. Um he he has done it at this level before, so it, it shouldn't be an issue. Shouldn't no. be. Yeah. And for left back, I suppose we still have Junior Firpo Remontada to uh, <laughs> to hope for. Well, I mean, once they're both, you know, with them both fit, the competition is Byram and Shackleton. Yeah, those are your first. That's um, your first and second choice left back. And then on to the centre mids uh, that we brought in. No one saw this coming. They kept it really quiet all window. Glenn Kamara from Rangers. Uh, there was no links at all. It wasn't the first player we were linked to this summer who has then been here the entire time. Uh, 
came on briefly yeah. in the last in Chef Wednesday, but you didn't get to see anything. People who've watched more of him than me seem more excited about this than me. So I'm sort of, for now, until I see otherwise, I am willing to defer to that opinion. Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got very little for here. I've got even, <laughs> even less for the next man. But, um, uh, you know, at this point, an experienced centre mid is, is yeah. what we needed. And we have one. Yeah, that is, I think that's fair. And then um, Ilya Gruev, who, well, I, I mean, Glenn Kamala, I had seen play. Glenkamala, I knew a bit about. I had never heard of Ilya Gurev before the before we were first linked with him. You know, he's only twenty three. Everyone seems to be everything I've read about him and seen people talk about. He is a more defensive midfielder than Kamala, so he is probably more. He is more Ampadu. Great. So you probably won't see him and Ampadu playing together all that much. Mm. But you need you need to you need two for each position really, and that should sort that. Will he be any good? No idea. But you would think with with where he's come from, you would think that this is a Farka signing. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, you, you ideally want two for each position, don't you? And again, I think we've got that now. I, I've seen absolutely none of him. I'm sure if Connie was here, he'd be able to tell us a lot more as as the one who watches the Bundesliga. Mm. But I am very trusting in the fact that he is a Bulgarian and I think he will be every bit as good as Radostin Kishishev in his first loan spell. Cool. Not the second one. I have not fact-checked this, but I think it's true. Other than Radostin Kishishev, who's the only other Bulgarian to play for Legion United. Ooh. And they, they did, it, it, is in, it is in the first team in case we've had a kid that I don't remember. No, I don't think we've had any Bulgarian kid. Oh, no, it was um, Kuntemanushkov. Kuntemanushkov, he... yeah. I believe it was against, he came on in that QPR game in the FA Cup. Yeah. What a wild ride. Yeah. I haven't fact checked that, so if there is another one I'm forgetting, feel free to tweet me because I when it's when it's a weird quiz question, I always want to know what the right answer is, even if it's me being wrong. Um so overall, and yes, this is just as basic as you can be, but sort of out of ten. Given all the circumstances, how do you feel this transfer window's gone? Um obviously you You've got to factor into that the the outgoings and the way in that has gone. Um, but I, I'd probably say, a, 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 probably if I'm going specifically, it's six and a half. Okay. Like I, I think it's, it's been more positive than negative for where we are, but you can't ignore the fact that there are some very good players who've left us only on loan. One of them will not be coming back. 
because of contracts. Several of them will not be coming back for for other reasons. Um, There's certain ones you hope don't come back. Um, I mean, I know it wasn't permanent, but I still hope Weston McKenney doesn't come back. Yeah, (laughs) just ever again. (laughs) He was the best outgoing, I think. Not even with a different team. No. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I think we've signed players who who provide experience where we've needed it. We've we've got a, you know, we've added another attacker who has done very well in the championship for the last two years. We've kept hold of Somerville and Nonzo, which I, I think is very positive for us in spite of how we got here with Nonzo. Um, and outside of, Absolutely, signing a left back, which which we really need to do at some point. Yeah, you know, I I think we're pretty well covered in most positions. Yeah, I, I would agree. With that. I w- I was thinking seven, like it's probably lower than that as an overall window. But if I'm judging it based on the circumstances they are in, where they are fucked with these clauses, mm. I think they have dealt with the clauses probably as well as they could now. I want to just pin all those clauses on Victor Orta because it's easier. But Kinnear was here, the 49ers were here, and they knew about them. So, like, it is also their fault. Yeah. But I'm trying to be positive and say that they have dealt with it about as well as they could. I think that I do think they've signed good players. I think even Ampadu, from what I've seen of him so far, might be the best signing in the league. I th- I, yeah, I'm looking looking at how composed he's been throughout these games, um, I think I think he's absolutely someone that's fantastic for actually great to be playing next to. Yeah, it um, just seems to be a bastion of confidence in in that role, um, and I, I do have faith that we will sort of figure out what the best variation of the front four is at some point but you know i think it needs some tinkering because i think there's certainly you look at times and think you know i think somerville could probably turn into a decent number 10 in this team um there's been a lot of noise going round that farker's quite fancies that yeah i I think he has that ability and then if you have sort of him and perot central um because because I think what we have now is probably what will be the, the front four for most of the season. I think Ruter will will start the majority of games. Um and it might suit him to be to be playing out wide. Um because as I watch him at the moment, he, he does not look a confident man. Not in and, front of goal. Like it, no. it does in some other areas. Like it was a he had a really weird he had a weird game. Now there is uh, he is still the lightning rod in the ground because I was sat with loads of people around me slagging Ruter and talking about how and talking positively about Piro. And I did say to a couple of them, all right, long term, you may end up being right, who knows? But I was in this game, Ruter has been far better of the two. But you, you would think that Ruter had been awful. And what he'd actually done is had one good chance saved well. And then have an admittedly appalling effort on goal. That one on his left when he went through. 
That was carefully guided pass. Like, I mean, it, it was every however bad everyone says that finish was. Yeah, it was. It was exactly that bad. But he, I don't think he actually had a bad game. He, it was a, there was shades of Bamford to it. The stuff away from goal mm. was actually quite good at times. Some of the hold up play was good. His movement. I just, I, he, I'm hoping that that front four. Regardless of who's in it, if you're adding injured and Anthony or Bamford comes back or whoever's in it, that they can sort of figure out their roles a bit better. And that Farker can... I don't know if it's whether it's training in some specific plays, which would be the Bielsa way when it's specific coded movements that you do to break down a low block. But that is one thing that they are going to have to figure out. because Because Farker goes so much for the build up at the back and being relatively slow to build up you do need to figure something out against the low block because it didn't look difficult for Chef Wednesday to keep us out, it didn't look like they were defending particularly well, they were just competent and we need yeah. to be out there right now. I think that what it might mean is a lot of games when he's fit of sticking Dan James on and just knocking balls over Give it to Dan James's feet, see what he creates Yeah, Back to goal, see <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I think again with with the, the issues with Sinistera and Nonso certainly what have helped in training the last couple of weeks because they're just trying to put this squad together and try and work with anyone on a consistent basis seems to have been quite difficult for, for Farker at this point so I, th I think no one will be more relieved that this transfer window is done with than him like that now, now he has his squad and he can actually set about properly implementing his tactics and and getting to grips on where he, he sees everyone playing. Because I think there has been an element of still trying different players out in different positions between Nonto and Sinister and not being available, Somerville getting injured in the opening game. Um Dan James then picking up a knock, and it, it's just been all over the place. Yeah, but that is the thing that I was on about before with uh, Greenwood going. I mean, you look at our options when he's fit, you've got like Bamford and Mateo Joseph as like, and Joseph can play wide, but as nines, and then you've got Pillow and Rutter who are like slightly off that, and then wingers. Loads. Not not non to Somerville. Rute can play there as well. Nonto and Somerville are probably your best two, I think. Jaden Anthony might well force his way into that. Dan James, you've got Jan Paveda, who has been I know he got injured, but like he had a good enough preseason to make you think he's a real option. So you've got five for two out wide if you don't include the other ones who can also play there. Jamie Shackleton. Plays, yeah, I know he played every game, but I'm not including him as one. I'll, I'll include him on the list for both fullbacks and centre mid, but I'm not including yeah. him on the wing. <laughs> Even despite him having like one good game there, <laughs> we've got lo we've got loads of attacking options. It's just if we can get it right tactically and just stop being so leadsy at the back, because that's the other thing. If you offer me right now, right, your centre-back partnership is Joe Rodon and Pascal Strout till the end of the season, 
I'll absolutely snap your hand off for that. I don't think you're going to get much better than that in the championship. No, no, I've been, and I've been pretty happy with with Strout at this point. Goal scoring prowess um, in the League Cup, admittedly, but um, also scoring from set pieces, but not in the way you kind of want him to. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be all volleys and scuffed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not diving onto a loose ball in the six yard box. Um, yeah, d- between those two and Charlie Cresswell backing them up, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy with with that setup. Um, and you've got Liam Cooper to come back as well. You've got Cooper to come back, and ultimately, I'm, I'm really happy that we've still got Melier. You know, that yeah, to, to kind of go back to the. Canair interview that the, there apparently was an offer in the in the twenty plus million range for him. I'm, um, I'm just going to say now that I'm not sure about that. I think it might. I think it might be a half truth in that with all the add-ons, it might have got into the twenties if everything mm. went perfectly. Because I think if you have signed Carl Darlow, as much as I'm not, I've never been Darlow's biggest fan. I said it before we signed him. I think if you've got Carl Darlow on the bench, I think if we get offered twenty something million. Familiar and it's actually a twenty-something million offer. I think Leeds take it. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, su- I suppose the one thing with Melier is, if you don't need the money, then given everyone else leaving, if you go back up and has a half decent season, his value more than likely doubles. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to be wrong about that. I've said the whole time that I think Melier will be a top-class goalkeeper. I, yeah. I, just, I, I find it hard to believe that Leeds, if it was, say, an actual, oh, here's £24 million, pounds, hmm. I think Leeds would have had to take it. Whereas if it was, here's £10 million, and then if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens, then you'd probably you turn mean, it down because it ain't worth it. You mean our, our offer for Cody Gakpo? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, they didn't ask about that, did they? That's a shame. Um, <laughs> we have more pressing concerns, to be fair, because well, I yeah. hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we we spoke about last year a couple of the, the things I think we we picked out, uh, picked apart from from Kinnear's interview, and one of the things that you know straight off the bat. That, that they address is that you know he doesn't have to do that interview by by any stretch. Um, you know, and, and, and is, this year he absolutely did. If he wouldn't have done it this year, they'd have chased him down outside the cop and dragged him into the studio. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, and I think that it's it's a difficult position for him because. He's the last man standing of the old regime, isn't he? Like, so he is the person who is going to take the brunt of it. You know, yeah. you know, Otter's not going to do an interview like that because because he did an interview. Was it last year or was it the year before? I can't remember, but he did do one. Yeah, so he's done one with them. Radrizani's obviously not going to do one now, um, and his would have to be taken with a huge spade full of salt. Um, Back to that stuff on your car again. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, however he proceeds, whether he does the interview or doesn't do it, he's going to come in for pelters anyway. Um, You know, obviously it was a lot of, it was a much different tone because last year a lot of the focus was on 
the membership and ticket prices. Ticket prices not brought up, if I remember rightly, as well. Uh, no, I think, again, it fell behind other things. But also, I don't think there's any argument over ticket prices. Everyone knows they're too high. But everyone knows. Well, yeah. Everyone also knows that they'll sell them, so they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, obviously the interesting parts, for me anyway, were kind of finding out that they the stuff about Tyler Adams, obviously we knew there was the issues with Sinister. It was, it was quite interesting to see how he was talking about Adams as well. And, and mm. the way he or his agent had, had behaved. Um, I mean, judging by that picture and caption that his agent put on Instagram, I think it might've had a lot to do with him. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it was a very gloomy, interview for the most part because most of it is leading to relegation yeah um but yeah and and kind of the the, the chat about deciding to stick with marsh and similarly to what everyone believed that the bournemouth and liverpool results kept kept him around yeah at that point um but yeah, I, I mean, I can't say there was anything I was particularly surprised by. No, but I don't think it, I don't think he came off great. But I think he probably came off about as well as he could have hoped for. Yeah, I don't think there is there a way to come out of this well, because because I think if you if you sit there taking the blame for it, then people are going to be mad, going well. You know why have you done? You know why have you done that? You, you know you all should have known better. Yeah. And if he tries to pass the buck, he's people are going to flag him for that. So yeah, the only way that he could have really come off well is if he'd have had a load of emails in his hand about yeah, that's what I said on the day. If you read this, you know, really, no, I said, look, here's me saying sack sack that bastard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I also get that realistically, that's. It's also not his job. Like I know he's on the board, but no, that's that's all. It that is. It is also very much Arthur and Radrizani yeah. that are kind of in charge of the actual personnel side of it. Um, I thought the thing that he said about uh, splitting, basically splitting up the director of football role into like four different roles. Yeah, so and sort of modernising the department a bit. I think that came off quite well because it makes it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Again, quite quite nice to see that you know, d- depending on your views of of, direct, of having a director of football, because I think I absolutely think it can work, and you know, we you, we do have to say that Arta did have success. You know, it can't just be painted as abject failure. You know, as as we've said before, in terms of if even if you ignore Bielsa. The players like Alioski that that came in and click who, realistically we knew little to nothing to nothing about, and turned I'm, into I'm, very. I'm I'm still claiming up us as click because we we were behind him the entire time. I I mean, admittedly, I, I am talking about this before he'd even signed, but yeah, obviously <laughs> big big Mateus click fans here while he yeah. was out on loan. Yeah. Um, For the four of you that were here from then, hashtag click news. Yeah. <laughs> um 
you know, there's. I think if you wanted to, and on a different podcast, you would probably go at him a bit more for the contract because I assume he's he's more involved in that as as the chief executive. But he is. But he did so. He did say that that also came under Walter's remit. Yeah. Um, I, I, mean, whether... I don't know. I, I I must admit, I uh, I thought that they. I thought that they went at him about the right amount. To be fair to him, well, that that that's it. It's it's also not it's not a news podcast. That's, no, but even know. if it was, if you just go at him, he'll just shut up and stop. Like, and that's not even just a him thing. That's what people do. If they'd yeah. have just kept badgering him and having it go at him, he, he he wouldn't have sat there for an hour and forty five minutes and talked. Yeah. You, you do have to find that balance. And I thought that they found that balance pretty well. Better than better than a lot of journalists do. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like like I say, I, I ultimately think it, it probably needed to happen where someone of the three of them needed to kind of front up a bit and not take a battering, but but be asked the questions that were asked, and the, I think I think the good thing is it's out of the way now. Yeah, and I, I really do think that he he cannot put it this way. I'm less annoyed at him now than I was before I listened to it. I still think there are arguments. There's stuff that he definitely messed up, mm. like a hundred percent. But and. I, if if they said tomorrow Leeds are getting a different chief exec, I wouldn't be upset or anything. But there was a time when I was really fuming at some of the things that he was doing and saying, and I'm not now. I'm just like, well, you screwed up. Try and make it right. So I think he has come out of it better than he went in while not coming out. He hasn't come out smelling the roses, but he doesn't stink shit either. <laughs> yeah. He just smells like a man who's had a, a shower with some links, and we can all move on with our lives. Yeah, and but do, but do remember that he still did compare anyone having any regulation of football over to Maoism. <laughs> like, doesn't matter how much you try to paint it as a joke, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, he did also get a shot at the Tories as well. So yeah. Um, but... <laughs> That that as to be honest, it was He's very, one of us. It was a very clever line. That's that's why I opened up with that line on the podcast. I thought it was a good line. It was a good newsworthy line. And if you go on Twitter, that is all that people are arguing about. <laughs> so it was a very well placed line. People are actually talking about the content of what he said. What they're saying basically is what he says he ain't a Tory, but I'll bet any fucking money he voted for him in 2019. <laughs> That's what the discourse is. So getting people onto that subject was quite clever, to be fair to him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a shrewd move. Yeah. Give, give, give them a sound bite because that was the that was the first clip of or the first part of the interview I heard being reported by uh, Graham Smith was that yeah. line. Before before anything else, that was the first line I knew was in that podcast. So yeah, yeah. Um, so the last thing before we go, I actually will. I think I kind of have to know the answer to, for you, but we'll leave it. 
given now that we've got to the end of the transfer window, are you more or less confident than you were in pre-season? Now, I am looking at a piece of paper here <laughs> that, that has you predicting us to finish first. So I don't think you can be more. <laughs> or, or, or are you full HMS Piss the League now? No, um, I, I've I've started watching Dream Team again, so uh, I, I don't think it's Piss the League. I think it's win it in overly dramatic fashion on the last day. Right. Um, and I feel sorry for the poor sobs that... Um, that dies midway through our season um, in an unfortunate betting-related murder or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, would you put it past us? Uh, no, the um, I I had us third, and I still have us playoffs, but I'm a bit slightly lower. But I am I, I am still all in on Thark. I think that we've got the right head coach, and that's. The main thing giving me confidence above above us signing some good players and stuff like that, us having a head coach that I have faith in is the thing giving me some confidence. Yeah, it it'll be very interesting come January because I, th- I think this is one year where instead of the idea of strengthening the squad in January, depending on how we're doing, it might very well be a case of right, we are in a good position here. Let's go get a really good left back. Yeah, let's get this one thing that we need. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think it needs time, and I think you know, I think I think give it a few more games, and we'll start to see a bit of fluidity in the in the front four. Uh, I should say liquidity. And then the uh, the Alan Partridge sense of, of football, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I look at the squad, I am generally happy with it. I'm very happy with the manager, and until something else stupid happens at Leeds, we can have a couple of weeks of general contentedness. Yeah, I am expecting that that sort of link up in the front four to start. With at some point, Somerville and Rutter are going to link up and score a brilliant goal. Don't matter which one of them finishes it. There's gonna, there's been such flashes of it, and it's not quite happened. It's gonna, there's gonna be one. Jorginho, Somerville, Jorginho, Somerville, oh, <laughs> in the Brolin Darlene esque fashion. Yeah. Followed by he must have a foot like a traction engine. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that will do us for episode 230 at My Last Podcast. We are, yeah. Uh, we, we are. are uh, there is no argument to be had about it. We are twats. Um, yeah. But we are relatively gruntled. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that will do us for this episode. We will be back to preview the Millwall game at some point this week, depending on our work. We, there will be one. I just don't know when. But I've been Jack. See ya. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit.